Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Talking, of course, about Merrill Hodge, Steelers analyst. Merrill, do I have that right about you and Ben? You guys go hunting together still? Oh, yeah. It is a passion that we both have. Actually, I turned him on to bow hunting, though. I got to, I got to, and he, uh, and he is taking that passion and run with it. So, but we'd like to go on, been on an elk hunting trip. We're going to try to do a whitetail on another elk hunting trip. And those are in the, on the foreseen horizon, boys. Any other former Steelers get in the mix with you guys? Um, well, I hunt with Bubby. Bub, I hunt with, Bub, I hunt with Bubby Brister for, for years. Uh, in fact, he had like 5,000 acres that he had down in um, Louisiana. And I'd never hunted Louisiana before. I could not believe how big the whitetails were down there. I was blown away. But I hunted Bob, too. So Any gators uh, on the uh, the hunt down and there, And they have those Merrill? wild boars uh, down I, there, too, Merrill. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, Eric Ball, I don't know if you remember Eric Ball. Eric Ball, he... Yeah, I know um, the name. Yeah, so he got drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals. We played together, but we've been good friends for a long time. He still works for the Cincinnati Bengals. He and I have been on a lot of hunts. One of them was a boar hunt, and it turned into the three little pigs because that's all I saw were three little pigs when I was hunting. I'm like, and they were running right by me. Like, they, I don't know where. I'm like, Eric, what? I got seen boar hunting, and I, all I saw was three little pigs. But, by the way, we're so fast, we, nobody can get a shot at them. Well, Merrill, let's, uh, you're, you're at the Super Bowl, so it's only fitting that we ask you a question about something you said during the football season about the Steelers. So I, don't, I hope I'm not misquoting you here. If I am, you can obviously correct me. But I think you might have said of George Pickens, you don't win Super Bowls with guys like that. Do you still feel that way? Well, so you, got to, you win with, yeah. Here's what you, you don't win with. You can't have people that are all about themselves. And you don't. You've got to have guys that know how to play pro football, and you got to have guys that take their craft serious and develop. And George Pickens has enormous talent, but George Pickens has not developed into a pro. Um, and if he ever does develop into a pro, then you can win with that. But you can't. You can't play with guys that are about themselves. When things go bad, they start pointing fingers, casting blame, and making excuses. Um, you need people that are going to respond in critical times by taking ownership and being professional people in how you go about your own craft. Um, now he's a young kid, so I'm, I'm not saying he's going to—he's not—he can't get there. But with the what, what you see, how he, the things he does today, you can't win with. You're never going to win with. You know, you're not going to win a championship. You can win games. But that's not what we're in the business for. You're in the business to win a championship. Now, if he evolves into a pro, which clearly can happen, 
You know, I've seen a lot of players, you know, just like George Pickens. Now, the majority never get it until it's too late. But the ones that do, you know, evolve into great football players, great pros, and they help you win championships. And he clearly could do that, but that's on him. I mean, clearly, the majority of it's on him. Merrill, on that vein, the one thing that we noticed here watching Pickens is late in the season when Mason Rudolph had a couple of games where he was putting it together a little bit and getting the ball down the field, you know, we were all kind of watching Pickens closely, and he just seemed, and Andrew can disagree with me if he wants here, but he seemed like yep. he was being a much better teammate, holding on to blocks in that Ravens game in the rain. He didn't even get a target in the passing game, and there was no, no blow-up, no nothing, consummate pro. So when you see uh, or hear me say that, that when the guy was getting the ball more, that the, the kind of attitude seemed to improve notably, what does that tell you? Does that give you almost more hope that maybe it is just a young guy? Like, how would you respond to that? When he was getting the ball, there was no problems on the field. Yeah. Okay, you just, you, you've just talked about what I call evidence, okay? Evidence he's going in the right direction. You know, he's still a young kid. There are a lot of things that um, – that take place in the development of really being a good pro. Now, sometimes it just takes some players longer than others, and oftentimes the more gifted ones, it can be the it can take them a lot take take them longer, or they never get it just because they are so talented and they don't realize talent alone is not going to help you win a championship or make you great. You have to harness and develop that, and make what weaknesses you do have because everybody has them make them eventual strengths and. Um, I think the evidence once they started to play had a little more structure with their offense and a little more success. Um, George Pickens gave more evidence that he has the ability to develop into a good pro than to not. Merrill Hodge with us right now live at the Super Bowl. He's got a great thing he's got going on that he's going to tell you about in a second here. But I, I got to ask you, Merrill, what you would do at quarterback if you were with the Steelers, if you were still over there with their scouts and everything else and they picked your brain and said, Merrill, what should we do with the quarterback position, what would you tell them? Well, I would tell them, let's trust the evidence, okay? You got a first-round draft pick that actually the best thing that probably happened to Kenny was that he was removed. I don't like to see anybody get hurt, but that's what caused him, you know, to have to sit down. And I think that was the best thing for him because he was playing way too fast. He wasn't even letting things develop. He was way outside his rhythm and characteristics and skill set that he had coming out of college. So that was eroding, and I've always said you can ruin players mentally way before you ruin them physically in our league if that continues. So his removal actually I think was a plus for him. Then for him to see how Mason actually played and how Mason played, what was impressive is how he played from the pocket and his pocket presence and his poise and how he played, how he threw from the pocket, how he processed things, his accuracy. Um, he had made, you know, for not playing for two years, he really evolved um, in how you must play in our league in order, in order to be extremely successful. Um, and he, he put that on display. So quite honestly, I think you have enough from both from both uh, from both players that you got to let them compete. I just don't think that there's um, there's enough evidence that either one of them are just the anointed starter. I think that both did so many good things that you let them compete. And in a fair competition, you know, it could be the best. You're, a, you're going to get the best quarterback, and you get the best out of both guys. Merrill, do you think you can have, like, I guess how would it, how could it, affect the locker room if Mason Rudolph does sign back here because he is a free agent and they go in with a real competition like 
we've talked about this on the show many times. Some of the players seem to, to say, like, hey, Deontay Johnson straight up came out and said, I hope Mason kind of gets the job and, and wins the job. I liked playing with him. What kind of risk does that pose to your locker room if you have those two guys go in and compete next year for the job? Well, that's, that's exactly what I would stop right away. That's why I'd have a team meeting, and I would establish who's, who's in charge of this, and you're not in charge, okay? Players are not in charge of this. You're in charge of competing and earning your own job. Deontay, you need to work on being better, a better pro and winning your job and being the best at your position. And don't tell don't, – don't predict how, how, how a coach, the head coach, should be going about his business and how he should orchestrate who's going to um, compete or not compete at a position. But honestly, she should always be in a feeling of competition. Um, I, like, I never went – I never played. And I was not a year. In other words, my rookie year, I clearly was in a, a fog of unknown because I was probably 10th on the depth chart, and I had to whittle my way to becoming part of the roster, and I ended up being our third down back. But the next year, I became the starter. And then every year after that, it wasn't that I wasn't worried about it. I did everything I could as a pro and in my craft and my profession that nobody was going to beat me out. And that's how you have to – and that's the culture that you have to establish on your team. You can't just say, oh, you're going to be our starter. It's irrelevant to how you produce or how you prepare. You're going to be our starter. That's not how this, not how this environment works to be a champion. So I'd establish, hey, what we're going to do. And if it's going to be a competition, I'd establish that and that we will let the players decide because they're the ones competing. And that we'll make the final assessment, and the team won't do that. So you got your own job to worry about. Merrill, tell us what you're doing at the Super Bowl, buddy. Well, we're doing a variety of things, but one of the things that I'm here promoting, I'm, you know, I'm, I've always been passionate about health and fitness. It is probably my number one passion. I, that started even before football. And, um, um, I had open heart surgery, and in order to leave the hospital, I had to get my respiratory system back. My lungs got to get cleared. I had to get um, everything back to strength before I could leave the hospital. Well, this thing comes across my plate called a called breather fit. It almost looks like uh, a pipe. Honestly, it's not very big, but it helps strengthen your breathing system, um, your respiratory system. And I, as soon as I heard that, I'm like, wait a minute. I, I decided if you do cardio and you train and you train your heart, you're training all of that. Well, technically that's true, but I didn't know your respiratory system actually is a separate system and can be trained and isolated by doing something other than cardio. So you, if you're doing cardio, this would only help build on it. If you're not doing any cardio, this ought to be concern everybody who's age, over age 30. Once you get to 30 years of age, you slowly start to, your respiratory system starts to, to erode. So that means you get less oxygen into your body less oxygen to your brain. And when you think about some of the brain issues or cognitive issues that exist in life, really a lot of them are from inactivity, poor oxygen, sugar consumption, and inactivity, and poor blood flow. You know, those are the things that slowly erode our body and slowly erode our brain. So what I wanted to do is put it to the test. And I did this on accident, but I went on a trip. I had to go to Pebble Beach. I had a couple events in Arizona. And so I worked out, but I didn't do any cardio for two weeks. But I did my breather fit. I took it with me, and it's five minutes, two times a day. I get home, and I now incorporate my cardio. And, I, and my breathing system, like I was breathing, if you haven't taken, if, if you've done cardio, then you take two weeks off. You know, you can just feel like oh, I'm a little rusty. i got to get back into the flow of things. Well, I had no problems with my breathing aspect. I could tell that my heart had had two weeks off, but it took a couple 
weeks to get that back into flow with my breathing system. So my, my point was, it does help the breathing system. So if you're doing no cardio or nothing, it's a great way to start to get some of your respiratory and your breathing and better airflow into your body. And here's the, here's the worst thing that can happen to you. You breathe better, you have more oxygen, you're happier, you're healthier, and that's the worst thing that can happen to you in your life. And it takes five minutes, two times a day, for six, six days a week, take a day off, and maybe it'll spark a little more investment in your overall health and help you start feeling better. So um, I just thought there was great value in it. Um, I'd experience it in a lot of different ways, and I put it to the test, and, and it'd be a, a great way for people to reinvest in their health if they're not doing that right now and turn back the clock. And then go to breatherfit.com if they're interested and learn more. Merrill Hodge, former Steeler. Uh, Merrill, don't be a stranger. We'll talk to you again sometime soon, okay, buddy? You guys are the best. Thanks, guys.